Hi guys, it's Jess. Welcome back to the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast where I discuss all things style, pop culture, wellness, and whatever else comes up from week to week. Thank you for joining me, or if this is your first time, please stand and be acknowledged wherever you are. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I have submitted this podcast for a competition in the American Black Film Festival. They opened it up for podcasts this year. Um, honestly, it, it would be great to place or to win, but I have had so much anxiety about creating, honestly, which I talk about all the time on here. We'll need to get into that. That I'm just proud of myself for actually entering the contest. I had so much anxiety that really was just like, I procrastinated on it so hard. It it was on my to-do list for so long. And I feel like I accomplished something just by submitting. I kind of wish there was a way for outside people to vote, but it's just like a panel of judges. So send me well wishes on that. I'm going to kick this off with a style tip like I do every episode and things have been kind of kicking off for me on the TikToks, okay? Unexpectedly, I had a video go viral and it was a style tip that I really just did on the fly. I wasn't expecting anything from it, so it's really cool that this happened. So I figured I would share it with this audience as well. Um, this tip is especially good for people who are neurodivergent, people who have ADHD, or people whose lives are just too chaotic to put that much thought and effort into what they wear every day. Come up with a personal uniform that you can replicate from day to day. A good way to go about doing this is to think of an outfit that you felt particularly good in and find ways to replicate that outfit over and over again. You can change the colors, you can change the patterns. Um, even if you feel really comfortable with the silhouette, you could play with the silhouette a bit. The example that I gave in the TikTok, which I will try to link in the episode description, there is a fashion girl costume designer, stylist, all the things named Shiana Tarini, and her wardrobe um, uniform is a crop top and high-waist wide leg pants. She wears that look in so many variations, and she always looks absolutely amazing. It just works for her. I mean, you just ha you have to look her up. I'll actually put a link to her Instagram if you want to peruse just to get some inspo. I do not like to give style advice that is so very specific and that denies you the odyssey of exploring what you like. I think that style is very personal and very subjective and I don't want you to follow anyone's rules too closely so just explore what feels good to you what looks good to you if there are certain actors or characters on shows or movies that that their style really resonated with you see if there's a way that you can recreate it for yourself like there's a reason why certain things stick out to us maybe there's something about that that you like I really love fetish wear like latex 
um, patent leather harnesses. I love that like dominatrix type style. So I look for ways to incorporate that in my everyday wear as much as I can. That's why I wear my um, Pigalle Folly Louboutin so much because they kind of give a hint to that kind of style. So just explore what it is that really resonates with you and find ways to incorporate it into a uniform that you can replicate over and over again when you can't think of anything else to wear. So that's this week's style tip. This episode, I'm just going to go through a couple of things that I've been seeing on the social medias, the social mediums, and we need to have a discussion about shame. Um, call me the Black Brene Brown because I'm fascinated by shame and courage, and I want to talk about it. So stay tuned. I'll be right back. Just a couple of random things to discuss. There are a lot of instances in everyday life where I don't know what people be wanting me to say. And I consider myself to be a pretty good conversationalist. Like my friend tells me that I could talk to a wall. Um, she's not wrong. Here's what. Even then, I still sometimes people say things to me that I'm just like, girl, what you want me to say back to that? So I especially get this when I wear high heels, right? And people be like, oh my God, Jessica, how do you do it? Oh my God, I would die if I tried to wear heels like that. What am I supposed to say back to that? I, well, don't wear heels. Um... I don't know how I walk in. I walk like you walk. I don't know. What am I supposed What you want me to say? Um, and also, like, when the girls make the pick me videos, I saw one today where she was like, I'm not the girl with the BBL or the lace front, but I am the girl with the money. Baby, what you want us to say? I, congratulations. I, I don't, I have no response for you. Um, next, this is going to sound really dark, but it's just how my brain works and please don't judge me. Sometimes when there is a trailer for a TV show or a film that I really want to see and it doesn't come out for like a year or so, I'd be like, there's no way that I'm going to die before that comes out. Like I... I feel like I have something to live for. And that is so wild. I don't know why I'm not, like, I don't fully feel like that, right? But, like, example, when I saw the trailer for, or even the teaser for Wakanda Forever, however long ago that we saw that, I was like, wow, I really have something to, like, live for until that comes out. And I don't wholeheartedly mean it, but I mean it a little bit, um... I don't know what that means. Don't judge me, okay? Just a safe space. The next thing is, so Pamela Anderson is having a resurgence right now. And I think that's cool. I grew up knowing who Pamela Anderson was. Um, when I was little, I really liked the movie Barb Wire, I think. But I feel like if I tried to watch it today, I would be like, what is this? But you know, good for her. Um, I think it kind of started with people wanting to know her thoughts on 
the little biopic series that came out about her and Tommy Lee, which I just was violently uninterested in. Like I, you would literally have to pay me to watch that. Like I just, I don't care about that. But of course this has made it over to the TikTok and people are recreating her quote unquote iconic makeup look. As I always say, I am a black girl from a black place and I grew up during a time where there was no shortage of black faces in media. Like there were lots of black movies and lots of black TV shows. And I have a very confident black mother and an aggressively confident grandmother. So I was lucky in that I did not have to ascribe to white beauty standards. So I was like, Pamela Anderson has a signature look. I always knew like blonde and big boobs, but I don't think I ever paid attention to her makeup, right? So people are recreating it. And it's basically like this quote unquote soft 90s glam, very thin eyebrows, tousled blonde hair, um, a very smoky eye and a kind of like pinkish nude lip. So because my algorithm was algorithming, this girl was talking about like how to achieve that iconic look. And apparently Pamela Anderson's makeup artist who has since passed away, like came up with this technique and blah, 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 blah. And a huge part of it is just that whole thing that people with thin lips, do, some people with thin lips do where they overdraw their lip liner. That is one of the most ridiculous looking things in the world to me. And the fact that she filled in her Cupid's bow, I found especially egregious. It's your Cupid's bow. You can do with it what you want to do with it. But I was just like, is this supposed to give the appearance of fuller lips? Because when I see people in real life with overdrawn lip liner, they just look like they have overdrawn lip liner. It's not camouflaging any, even when it's quote unquote done well. I really hate that. And again, is y'all mouth, mouth with an F. Do what you want to do with your mouth. But I do not understand what that achieves. So I reached out to my friend who I consult about all things white culture. And she was like, she thinks it's just rooted in patriarchy and that it gives the appearance of this very pouty mouth that men stereotypically like and I was like you know what that tracks blame it all on patriarchy um moving on so you guys know I have a thing about or maybe you don't know you could be new here I don't know whatever I have a thing about shaming people when they are heartbroken I think it's really harmful to make people feel bad for being heartbroken, especially over a person who maybe wasn't good for them or whatever. I think that when I was dating the absolute worst person that I dated, I had some friends who made me feel so bad about myself for dating him and it was like I was dating him because I felt bad about myself. I didn't think that I deserved anyone or anything better. Um, my self-esteem was incredibly low. I was very depressed and um, suicidal and 
I was just at the time taking what I could get based on what I had at the time and I didn't have a lot and I think some people do not have the capacity to hold space for others in the way that they may need them to and I want to say that it comes from a good place. It's difficult to watch someone you love engage in self-destructive behavior, but I wish it I wish more people had asked me why instead of um I felt really judged and it just added to what I was going through. And so when I see people say, you know, I'm not going to give you the same advice over the same situation when I know you're going to just do what you want to do, I fully get it. Like I understand, but I think that sometimes you could be chipping away at something that really isn't even there. And people really don't have the capacity to be friends in that way. And that really sucks. It, it really sucks to not feel supported um, when you need it the most. Not to support the relationship, but just to like hold space for you that I feel like maybe you're making this choice because of something else. And again, everyone doesn't have the capacity, but I'm very sensitive to calling people stupid and like almost kind of victim blaming. Like that, that really makes me quite sad. Um, and so friend of the pod, Reverend Solomon, Missouri, posted something about this on Twitter recently that made me so happy. Um, a Twitter user said that they don't have any exes because they don't count mistakes. And I just want to read to you, um, what his thread said. There is no investment of love that was a mistake. You may not like the endings, but that's because of the hope held in the beginning. You didn't waste your time. You exercised your heart. The purpose of the exercise is courage. If forever never happens, you found the courage to practice intimacy. And I hope for us continued courage. I just found that to be very profound and very beautiful. And I wish someone had told me that the many times that I have been disappointed or heartbroken over a man who probably did not deserve me to begin with, to be fair. But um, I just would love it if we could approach things with compassion and curiosity over conviction. And I especially loathe the way dating advice comes off on social media where it seems like, like people will give you the impression that they are drawing really hard lines in their personal lives and that they're just blocking people immediately and all these things. And it's like, girl, no, you're not. You're not. We give people more grace than we want to admit. And we should admit that because we are all human and capitalism has us all by the balls and we're all doing our best. So we do give people grace. And sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. But you don't have to make people feel shitty when things don't work out for them and they're heartbroken. Like that's a part of life. Like let people have that experience. And if you don't have the capacity to just be a friend to someone, then fuck off. Don't make them feel bad for it. Um, so speaking of shame, I want us to work on properly assigning shame. Like we can bring shame back, but let's put shame where it belongs, right? So there was a black female creator on TikTok 
who said that she does not believe that people are actually reading Zora Neale Hurston because it's difficult to digest. It's written in backwards slave speak, etc. And all of the things that, you know, there's no way, like y'all are lying. Y'all don't think that she's a great writer, blah, 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 blah. This woman has since put out kind of a retraction, kind of apology, but kind of not. And this is a woman who is Black American. And let's start here. First of all, I really do not know where this trend started of if a lot of people enjoy a thing like passionately and enthusiastically and you don't enjoy the thing, then you say y'all are lying. There's no way that y'all... People like different shit, bruh. It's okay to like different shit. I don't understand the hype of about hookah. I have never enjoyed hookah. It does nothing for me. Um, people swear it gives them a little buzz. I, I've never felt that. Am I going to call you a goofy bitch because you want to get a mango flavor hookah when we're out? No. Enjoy it, hun. I just don't want to partake. Like, everyone's not lying. You just don't enjoy the thing that everyone enjoys. And that's literally fine, you psychopath. Number two, I really love Zora Neale Hurston as a person based on what we now know about her. Um, I first read an excerpt from Their Eyes Were Watching God in high school and I felt really connected to the main character. Uh, very briefly, she was this really beautiful woman and women did not like or trust her because she was pretty and men really liked and desired her because she was pretty but none of them had the capacity to fully love or respect her and almost punished her for being pretty and that was something that at the time I felt like I could connect to and screw you if you're like girl you ain't that cute your daddy thinks so anyway um and that's not something that I like to talk about publicly because it's like, oh, woe is you. You were pretty. Like, shut up. Beauty is subjective. Some people think I'm nothing to write home about. And like I said, your daddy love it. Anyway, so just based on that character alone, I was just like, oh, I love this woman. So I have known who Zora Neale Hurston was maybe since elementary school because she's one of the writers who whose name we heard mentioned during the Harlem Renaissance. What I did not know, um, so I read Their Eyes Were Watching God in its entirety as an adult, and I was like, oh my God, this is so perfect. What I did not know until I started reading Alice Walker's book, In Search of Our Mother's Gardens, she does an essay about Zora Neale Hurston, and she actually died in obscurity. She died broke and alone. Because she actually was not well received by the black elites of the Harlem Renaissance. And I look at a lot of them sideways, but not not too much on them because, you know, it was a difficult time. It, everybody was doing their best. Black people were trying to figure out their identity with this kind of newfound freedom. You know, it was the whole thing. So not too much on them, but they did my girl dirty. She took a huge amount of pride in being a Black American from the South 
way before that was a thing that people were even talking about. A lot of the black elites of the Harlem Renaissance wanted to separate themselves from the identity of the Southern Negro or what they call colored. They didn't want to be considered colored because they didn't want to seem quote unquote backwards, unintelligent, all of these things. And they were under the impression I think some of them thought that if we can prove that we're smart, then we'll somehow be more liberated. And that ain't how racism works. We know that now. Um, so they really rejected her in a lot of ways. She dressed differently. Um, she really leaned into having grown up in a rural southern community that was very insulated. She grew up around almost exclusively black people and she was really proud of that. And that's something that I really connect to because I'm from Atlanta and I take a huge amount of pride in being from Atlanta. And when I moved up here to New York, people tried to make me feel weird about that. It was like, well, what are you? And I was like, girl, I'm obviously black. Like there's nothing racially ambiguous about me. Okay. Um, and they're like, no, but what are you? Where are your people from? And I was just like, the South. And it's like they were disappointed that I didn't have a different, you know, something to say or, you know, like, oh, my people are, you know, Caribbean or, or like whatever. And I even had people say, oh, well, you're too pretty to just be black. And of course, that just made me want to fight because it was like, girl, what you trying to say? Like, we give, you know, on, on the south side of Atlanta. OK, like what? Um, like Charles Blow says in his book, The Devil You Know, for black people in America, you have no land more native to you than the American South. And I take offense to the way people want us to be ashamed of our ancestors. Like, were it not for the people who survived, we literally would not be here because of how life works. Moreover, the culture, we all, Black Americans always get accused of having no culture. And I find that so entertaining because so much of the culture that non-black Americans, um, that non-American black people, like people over in the UK love to say that black Americans have no culture, but so much of the American culture that they celebrate is actually black culture. Like it came from us. Like we made basically everything that you enjoy. So miss me with that. Like, you're not going to make me ashamed of who my people are, of what they survived, and of the things that were born from that struggle. And not every part of Black American culture comes from struggle and trauma. Our culture is very rich, very diverse, and it is a vestige of slavery that you are ashamed of that. And for me, it's fine to not like her writing or whatever. But I think it's important that we interrogate the things that offend us. And the fact that she's so offended by the way that this book is written t 
tells me that on some level, and, and in her follow-up video, she insists that she's so proud to be a Black American woman and all of these things, but somewhere at the root of you being so disgusted by this woman's style of writing, which I want to be very clear, her writing is beautiful. She writes the dialogue between characters to be accurate for where her characters are from, which is where she's from. And I think that it's like a historical snapshot of the place from which she came and like, screw you. Anyway, it's fine to not like something, but sit with why you don't like it. Sit with what offends you so much about that. Because at the root of it, I'm sorry, is some manner of anti-Blackness. And I think having more information and more knowledge is really the cure to being draining as fuck for no reason. Um, I think more information and more knowledge is also a cure for fear and anxiety. I, d I don't enjoy it. Um, and that's not just about that creator. It's just in general. People don't be know what I be talking about, basically. And to be loud and wrong at the same time, pick a struggle. Um, I know as an example, because I don't want to feel like I'm, you know, just coming down on people for wherever they are or aren't on their journey. Years ago, it had to be like maybe like 10 years ago. Amber Rose posted a picture in this white body floss like bikini. And I remember when I saw it, I was so offended by it. And I was like, oh, why would she post this? This is so inappropriate. Like me, girl, can you believe me? Okay. So I did not know why that picture bothered me so much until I started reading about patriarchy, the way in which it teaches us shame about our bodies, the way that it teaches women to compete against each other for the desire of men. I I didn't know any of this. I also didn't recognize the issues that I had with my own body. And a huge part of why I was offended that she posted that picture is because even when my body was at its quote unquote best, like at the time, I would have never been comfortable enough with myself or with my body or with what people would have said about me had I done that. It was a full projection of my insecurities, my lack of awareness, and my lack of knowledge. I, I just fully projected it onto her. And I think it's really easy for us to do that to people who are famous we kind of dehumanize them in this way that it's like it's fine to judge them because they're just here for our consumption anyway, but these are people. And, you know, fast forward, on my birthday trip last year, I wore orange, you know, um, body floss bikini, and I felt great about it. So, you know, growth is what we call that. But just as an example of like, if there's something that you find especially offensive, I think it's important to pull at that thread and find out like, Girl, why though? Because that ain't your business. It's not impacting you in any way. Like, let's sit with this. Let's interrogate it. Let's, you know, dive through that and find out what makes you so insufferable. Like, I have people in my life who are so incredibly judgmental of people who, in my opinion, are just having fun. And I'm like, you know, Maybe if you sat with why you're offended by people's fun, you'd be more fun. 
to yourself because you seem unhappy as hell. So those are my thoughts. I hope you are having a great week wherever you are. Did you guys give up something for Lent? I decided that I would add something instead of taking something away. So I'm committing to getting intentional movement every day for the next 40 days, meaning that I'm not just going to count like my walk to work as movement. I'm going to actually like do a routine, even if it's very short. I don't know if I've told you guys, but I really love the Nike training app because they have really good short workouts. And I just, I live for them. I don't know how impactful they are because I don't know your life or your body, but I really enjoy them. So something to consider. Um, yes, be well, take care of yourself, give yourself all the compassion you need be still, be mindful, don't be a draining ass bitch, and wish me luck on this podcast competition. I will keep you all posted. Thank you for listening, and we will talk soon. Bye!